Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour. Taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Wednesday afternoon in early June. Fantasy football right around the corner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. Check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Have a look at Hinjin Ryu. What should you do with him? I think the easy answer for many people is sell, sell, sell because of his injury history. But maybe that's not the answer. Maybe you keep him and ride this wave so i go through it break it down so you can check that out now of course dr roto has a look at his pre-season training camp questions latest is a look at the detroit lions and sean childs continues his in-depth team profiles going through all the afc teams so far now in the afc west the chiefs the latest team and of course they are a very interesting team what do you do with tyree kill what do you do with patrick mahomes is damian williams the answer running back Get all these answers from SeanChiles.com. Check it out at SeanChiles on FullTimeFantasy.com. Also, if you have any questions on the message boards and forums, you can ask them there. We're getting a lot of trade questions, waiver wire pickups, dynasty questions for fantasy baseball. Of course, any football questions we will answer as well. So you can check it out there. And, of course, FullTimeFantasy.com slash DFS, giving you baseball write-ups, usually two to three per day couple different perspectives there and you know what I like it's not too lengthy you know sometimes people will give you a hundred guys and this way it's easy to say hey look I got these right but these are pretty precise they narrow it down for you and of course you can go into the slack chat before lineup block to ask your questions as well and there's use of the optimizer to help you out vegaswhispers.com for your sports betting needs so plenty of content and ways to help you guys make money and playffwc.com for fantasy football drafts. There is a draft going on tonight. Uh, we got online championship slow drafts, best ball drafts, plenty of different drafts, different price points. Uh, so you can go in there and pick what we again. Getting that value now is important. You might have a few guys that you feel are not getting the spotlight right now. No one's really talking about them yet. But you know once come August that they will get a lot of buzz, and their price will go up. So if that is the case, now's the time to get some drafts done so you get those players at their value because we all know it's all about price. And there comes a time, no matter how much you like a player, you go, the value is too much. These guys are just going up the draft board way too much. We see it every single year that guys in June going in the ninth round and all of a sudden come August during the fourth round and – you, try, you want to try and avoid overpaying for those players, no matter how much uh, he could be. So 
Uh, you can check out uh, playffwc.com right now, get in some drafts, and get some of that value, you know, especially if you do a lot of drafts, multiple drafts, and a lot of you guys do. You know, it pays to do a couple early. I know there's the injury factor risk, but the injuries could happen. You could do a draft September 7th, and the guy could get hurt the first weekend of the season. So uh, there's advantages and disadvantages. But we got a draft tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, a starter full season league, 18 rounds, 90-second clock. And, of course, an online championship draft tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. We got six spots remaining in that one. So... Head on over to playffwc.com and check it out today. I'll have Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. He's going to join me in the next segment as we'll talk about the ffchamps.com best ball draft that's going on with a lot of big names in the industry, including myself and Dr. Otto. We've talked a little bit about that, but we'll talk about uh, some of the picks, Jim's picks, his thoughts. Maybe I'll get him to critique my team as well, but... We'll kick it off with a lot of news going on right now in baseball. We touched upon it a little bit in the last segment, but the big news coming down today for one of the top pitchers in baseball, Carlos Carrasco of the Indians was placed on the 10-day injury list with a non-baseball medical condition. The Indians issued a press release saying that Carrasco was recently diagnosed with a blood condition after several weeks of feeling lethargic. And he's going to step away from baseball activities to explore the optimal treatment and recovery options. So, you know, first of all, prayers out to Carlos Carrasco and his family. You never know what could happen, and you don't want to see anything bad happen to these guys. Obviously, we're here to talk fantasy, and it's frustrating if you have them on your fantasy team. But first and foremost, the health of these guys is really important. Uh, this is a big loss, though, for the Indians. You know, the Indians with a big win last night against the Twins. You know, they're still... They're still there in that division. You know, they didn't do a lot of things here in this offseason to upgrade this team, which is frustrating for Indians fans and anyone who follows this team because, you know, they have excellent starting pitching and they their outfield and their offense has just been terrible. Obviously, Jose Ramirez and his struggles have not helped at all, but Trevor Bauer has underachieved, but we know he's still has got big upside there. Corey Kluber is hurt. Uh, Mike Clevenger is on the way back. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. But the Indians are 10 and a half games behind the Twins, and they did win game one of that series last night. But losing Carrasco really hurts right now. I mean, they're only one game ahead of the White Sox. I mean, the Twins are just 40 and 19 uh, running away with this division. They have the second best winning percentage in baseball right now. Obviously, the Dodgers are first at 43 and 19. I mean, look at some of these division leads. The Dodgers lead the Rockies by 10 and a half. The Twins are up by 10.5 over the Indians, and the Astros are up over the Rangers by 10. Now, I think in the American League, we expected this. I think almost everyone thought uh, you are uh, going to, uh, the Astros were going to run away with this division. Uh, and they are. I think a lot of people felt the Twins had a shot to win a division, but not be up 10.5 at this point. We knew Yankees, Red Sox, Rays would be pretty competitive. We knew the NL East would be competitive in the NL Central. I think in the NL West, we thought there was a chance maybe one of those teams would be competitive, but to me, the Dodgers were far and away the best team. So really not surprising, but it is going to make the wild card race very, very interesting. But the Indians are in a tough spot right now. Uh, and the Carrasco news really doesn't help them and really hurts fantasy teams as well. But again, his health is the most important factor here. But he was slated to pitch uh, tonight. Obviously, now it will be a bullpen game. Tyler Clippard 
will serve as the opener. So tough spot here for the Indians tonight. Uh, the Blue Jays called up Teoscar Hernandez from AAA. Uh, he uh, put some up some pretty good numbers at AAA. I mean, he got off to a really rough start this year at the major league level. Batted 189, 262 OVP, 299 slugging, 42 strikeouts, and 141 plate appearances uh, for the Blue Jays starting off. But it looks like he's going to get some opportunity to play right field. Uh, I wouldn't be rushing to add him just yet. We know that there's potential for power, but he still has really struggled. Jonathan Davis was sent down to AAA uh, as he really didn't do nothing while uh, Teoscar Hernandez was out. Dave Roberts said that A.J. Pollock's going to need about 40 to 50 at-bats before he returns. Uh, he's going to have uh, his um, catheter line removed from his left arm in a, uh, in soon, and then he'll be able to resume baseball activities. But it's probably going to be at least a month and potentially longer before he's back. So they really don't have a timetable. And we kind of knew this was going to be the case with Pollock, that he would be out an extended period of time. And, uh, you know, again, this was kind of just unfortunate for him. Uh, kind of some bad luck. I know a lot of people stay away from Pollock. Uh, they're worried about the injuries, but this is more of an infection and just kind of some bad luck with Pollock uh, here this year. And fortunately, I didn't get Pollock in any redraft leagues, but I did get him in a couple of uh, draft champion leagues. Adam Jones uh, is dealing with a right hamstring injury. He's going to get an MRI. They're calling it a cramp right now, but uh, this happened yesterday in the third inning, and he was taken out of the game. So, you know, Jones has been one of the pleasant surprises this year. He's got an 821 OPS, 12 homers, 37 RBIs. I mean, do you think the Indians could have used him right now? There's a lot of teams that have some outfield issues, and Adam Jones was cheap, and I didn't expect him to perform like this. Probably a big part of it is, you know, the ball being juiced potentially. So that has definitely helped him out. But that could be a big, big loss uh, for the Diamondbacks. Matt Strom was placed in the 10-day injury list with a left rib strain. The timing of this absolutely sucks because if you're in a weekly league, you probably had him in the lineup this week and can't blame you. You know, he is coming off a bad outing against the Marlins and maybe he had this injury and was trying to pitch through it. Uh, mentioned it before. A lot of times we don't know that these guys are hurt, that they don't say anything. And they, you know, they have this mentality of, oh, I'm a tough guy and I got to pitch through it. And it could be to the detriment of your fantasy team. And a lot of times, you know, we look at players and we look at their profiles and we examine them and we go, mm, I don't know, like it's tough to figure out what's here. And the first thing you think of is, okay, they're, they're playing through an injury. That's always what I think of. I'm like, all right, they're hiding an injury. They're playing through something. They're not 100%. This is a tough game. And when you're not 100%, I mean, most players aren't, but if you're 50% and you got an injury, you're trying to fight through it, obviously it's going to affect your numbers. So Strom was pitching well, and then that last outing ballooned his ERA to 4.03. Here's the thing with Strom. If you drafted him, and I did in a couple leagues, you knew that you were not getting the full season out of him, that he was going to miss some time. Last year, he pitched 61 in the third innings with the Padres, primarily out of the bullpen. He made 41 appearances last year. Five of them were starts. He also threw 14 in the third innings at double A. So it's a total of 75 and two-thirds innings. 2017, he only had 39 innings between the minors and the majors. In 2016, 124. So I think this year you are hoping for probably 
a hundred to hundred twenty innings out of Strom, maybe double what he did last year. But now he's gonna hit the injured list, and you know the strikeout percentage was good at twenty two point two percent, walk rate four point four percent, and the WHIP was one point one six, and that's a category I've mentioned many times that really doesn't get enough. Uh, people looking at it. I mean, well, that's a, a really good whip, especially today. So, yeah, the ERA might have been four, and the wins haven't been there. Only two wins. He doesn't go deep into games either, but certainly in a 15-team league, uh, a valuable guy to have. And the one thing we have seen is the velocity is down. And we knew when you pitch primarily out of the bullpen and then go into starting rotation, usually you are going to lose some velocity in the fastball, but it is down pretty significantly. He was averaging 93.5 last year with the fastball. This year, 90.9 so that's been one of the issues and of course he's been getting hit hard but it is a, a loss in deeper formats for uh those teams that had matched drama cal Quantrill gets the call up and uh he has been in four games this season not been good 5.14 era 1.43 whip 19 strikeouts seven walks over 21 innings but in the right matchups maybe you could stream him. So uh, he gets the call up, and uh, you know he'll get a start here. Uh, Denilson Lament is a guy, especially now with Strom on the injury list, Paddock's innings of concern. You could see Lament up at some point, but uh, he made his second rehab start yesterday, and it was not very good. He allowed five runs over two and a third innings, and uh, he has not been good so far. Five innings, he's allowed eight earned runs, eight hits, and four walks. So... He said he feels healthy, and that usually is the most important thing. You, you want them to get through these starts feeling fine, slowly seeing uptick in velocity. But uh, he's coming off Tommy John surgery, and uh, I would think he's back maybe in July. I, I don't know if you need to stash him now. I mean, if you have the ability to pick him up and put him on the injured list, because in some leagues you can do that, and that's why I hate the unlimited injured list spots. Like, you need to have a rule to me that you cannot do that. Because uh, I don't think that's uh, the right thing to do. But if you do have that ability, you can, you know, do it. If you have the open roster spot, sure, put him on the injury list, hold him, and maybe he comes back in July. They could do some things. Uh, Alex Reyes. A lot of people thought he would be up this weekend, especially after Genesis Cabrera did not pitch well yesterday and has not pitched well. Reyes is going to make at least one more start at AAA Memphis, according to the manager Mike Schilt and. Reyes should still be owned in most leagues by now or picked up. I know he has been over the last couple weeks. I actually did draft him in a league this year, but I couldn't hold on to him early in the year. But uh, he certainly uh, can be really productive. He has not been great in the minor leagues this year, but we know he's got tremendous upside and a big-time arm, and he should get the opportunity to go in that Cardinals rotation. Zach Eflin is going to return to the Phillies rotation on Friday against the Reds, so he has the minimal stay on the injured list. And how about Miguel Cabrera yesterday? Like, I think we all felt like, okay, he's going to be out an extended period of time. Uh, he, he went for several opinions on his knee. He has said that his knee is bothering him, and he wanted to continue to play first base, but now they decide, all right, he's just going to be the DH, uh, and he's got this chronic knee issue. What does he do yesterday? He Not only is he in the starting lineup, he hits a grand slam off Blake Snell. I mean, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I talked about Cabrera and how he's just not elevating the ball, not a lot of fly balls. And uh, the average has been there, but the rest of the numbers have really not. He's been basically an average guy. It's a bad lineup. 
hasn't driven in too many runs. He hasn't been scoring runs, but he goes out there yesterday and hits a grand slam when I'm sure a lot of people did not have him in their lineup. But maybe they moved him. And either way, I think you have to be worried. He's an older guy. He said he's got a knee issue. I know it looked good yesterday, but certainly don't feel great about him. Andrew McCutcheon, it's official. He's got a torn ACL. He's out for the year. And real big loss for fantasy owners and the Phillies. He scored 45 runs. He had 10 homers. If it's an OBP league, he was getting the job done. So Adam Hazley looks like he's going to get quite a bit of playing time in center field. He had seven homers, five steals, and an 824 PS in the minors. But most of those numbers came at double A. Jay Bruce, obviously a big addition. Two homers, six RBIs last night. So he's available in some league. If he is, pick him up. When we return... I'll be joined by Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz. We'll talk about the FFChamps.com, two-quarterback, two-tight end league. That is that right here on Full-Time Fantasy. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check us out, fulltimefantasy.com. I got to look at Hinjin Ryu. What should you do? Should you sell high on him now, or should you continue to roll with him after another dominant outing yesterday? Sean Childs has his in-depth team outlooks, latest Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, if you have any questions, ask him on the message boards and forums. Joining me now, it is Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day from FFChamps.com. He's been busy putting a ton of stuff together. Jim, what's going on? 
Hey, Adam, how you doing? There's a lot going on, as you alluded to. Um, yeah, we, we got a lot of things going on over at FF Champs, and, uh, you know, we're just trying to get really going into the season. Yeah, let us know what's going on, because you put together this hell of a network here uh, and a lot of podcasts for people to check out. So let everyone know the details, where they can find these podcasts and, and what we have in store. Well, yeah, we have a lot in store. So far, we have 14 podcasts on the network with over 26 hours of weekly programming Um, and and a lot of good ones. I I mean, your show is part of the network. I have a couple of pods on the network. We got Bob Long and his consistency podcast on the network. You know, a lot of good things going on. Um, You can find us all over Twitter and Facebook. A lot of times we use the hashtag FTFpodnet, F-T-F-P-O-D-N-E-T. Uh, really easy way to find us on pretty much most platforms nowadays, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of them. Um, and, you know, we're we're just getting off the, the ground. We just start started going live this past Monday. Uh, but so far, the, the response has been good. We're, you know, we're getting a lot of responses from people um, that, you know, normally we, we hadn't heard from before. So it, it's a nice change. And we still got people that want to join. So if you got a, a podcast out there about fantasy football, Hit me up on Twitter at Fantasy Taz, and we can talk about it. And also, you're doing a lot with FFChamps.com. What can people look forward to over there? Uh, we're, we're just getting ready to roll everything up. We're working on our draft kit, which should be ready very soon. Uh, we're getting ready to you know, get the uh, basically famous uh, FFCPI, which stands for Fantasy Football Champs Player Index. And basically, that runs all the tools on the site, and we're almost ready to go live with that. There's a lot of good things coming on. We're bringing on some new writers. We're going back to IDP this year. We, you know, they got away from it last year, but we're bringing it back this year. Uh, so, you know, a lot of things going on over there. And, you know, the, it, it's just been a busy couple months <laughs> as we get ramped up for the season, just like everybody else that does this. Let's uh, talk some football now, and one of the big stories over the last couple of days keeps gaining traction is Todd Gurley, where reports coming out that he's not going to be a bell cow back. We've seen him fall down draft boards. Wh- what's your outlook right now for Todd Gurley? If you're drafting today, where do you think is the right spot to take him? Most people are kind of off him. So are you on the other side where you say, you know what, this is value, I'm going to take him now, or do you, are you really concerned and, and passing on him at this point? Oh, heck no. He's absolute value. Um, when you can get him right now, I've seen him go in the third rounds in some draft. That, that, to me, that's ridiculous. Um, Any time from the late first on is the time to grab him. Sure, he's not. he probably won't see 300 touches this year, but he is still so productive that with – you know, even with 225 to 250, which is what I envision he'll see this year, um, I still expect him to end up very, very possibly in that tie, top five ranking. You're talking about a guy who scores a ton of touchdowns in an offense that gives him plenty of chances doing that. Um, I know they brought in Daryl Henderson, but, you know, that's not really his game, the short yardage downs. He still has to improve as a pass blocker, which is always a problem for rookie running backs. So, I, you know, I know he'll have a role in this offense. I do. Um, and he could very well become a fantasy asset of his own, you know, as a flex possibility, especially in bye weeks, things like that. But for all of you that are saying he's out there and he's going to take this job away from Todd Gurley, all I'm going to say to you is thank you. Thank you for letting me draft 
Todd Gurley a little later uh, and getting great value out of him. I appreciate that much, Lee. The arthritic knee condition doesn't concern you at all? I mean, we didn't see him barely in the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. But you got to remember, they weren't really prepared for that. They didn't really know about it. He took a bad hit. That knee just blew up. And then they had to deal with it at that point. Now they know what's there. Now they can work it out. We won't see him at all in the uh, OTAs. We won't see him in training camp. And we won't see him in preseason. And everybody is, you know, out there yelling, the the sky is falling. The sky is falling. You know what? It's just a smart move by the team for him not to be on the field all those times. It doesn't make any sense for him to be out there. He knows this offense. He knows everything about it. Anything else that they need to instill, I'm sure they could do that in the the meeting rooms. They don't have to do that on the field. There's no reason for him to be out there. I, I, you know, look, it is a concern. Absolutely. Arthritic knees can definitely be a problem. I just think at this age, they'll be able to work him through it to where he'll be able to last the season. You know, unless, of course, they get one of those crazy hits and that changes it. But you could say that about any running back in their knee. You give them a bad shot in the knee, and they could be done in any instance. No, that is true for sure. Uh, but it is definitely an interesting storyline right now that feel like people are pretty adamant on both sides. They either are completely avoiding him or they're looking at him as a value. So I think if and if you're on your side and you're looking at him at a value, you should be looking at jumping drafts now because, like you said, he's falling to the third round of drafts right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look – it, especially in Dynasty Leagues, go out and buy the guy right now. You can get him dirt cheap. Go buy him. I absolutely recommend it, um, and and I'm not backing off that. I, I think he's definitely going to provide value for what you can get him for now or w- where you can draft him now. He's going to provide better value than that. I'll tell you the truth. I'm more worried about Le'Veon Bell than I am about Todd Gurley. And is that due to the long layoff, new team, new offense? All of the above. <laughs> um, the layoff, the fact that when he did come back, he, w- he was out of shape. Um, and then, you know, of course, the new team, the second-year quarterback, um, you know, all of that comes into play. Not to, He doesn't have the offensive weapons around him he had in Pittsburgh. Look, in Pittsburgh, he had a Pro Bowl quarterback. He had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. He had one of the best offensive lines in the game. Now he comes to the Jets where, look, I like Darnold, and I think he's going to continue to get better. I get that. Uh, Robbie Anderson is a decent wide receiver, but nowhere near the level of an Antonio Brown. Outside of that, the weapons start to get a little, little shadier. I mean, I like Chris Herndon, but – you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's not the same here. But the bigger problem for me is that offensive line in the Jets. The Jets have one of the worst offensive lines in the game right now. And you're you're putting them with a running back that likes to dance behind the offensive line to find the right hole. He's very patient that way. And that's always been a good thing for him in Pittsburgh. I don't think that's going to be a good thing for him with the Jets. He's going to have to learn to become a much more decisive runner with the Jets because if he tries to dance behind the O-line to find holes, all he's going to find is defensive linemen in his face. Talking to Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day, we're also hearing a lot of you know OTA news, and we've probably heard this every year, but once again today. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly. Before you let's even see. go there. Where, who? Who is Devontae it? Parker. Yes, he's ruling the world in Miami right now. It is. Now, or what is, is, is he actually going to live up to expectations one of the years? Or is this one you just dismiss and say, no, I've bitten this before. I've been baited in. And I, every time I do it, I lose. 
Or do you say, you know what? It's a new coaching staff, years of experience. Where do you fall in the Devontae Parker hype that's coming? Oh, man, I'm having such a hard time with this. I've never been a Parker guy. never been. Um, You know, there's just a lot of holes in this game I I just didn't like. I don't think – look, look, I like Fitzpatrick more than most people do. Uh, Sure, he throws picks, you know, a time or two, but, you know, sometimes more than two. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, this man is not afraid to just get out there and chuck the football all over the field, and I love that about him. And that may be the only hope that Parker has is that Fitzpatrick just comes out and starts flinging the ball all over the place. Then you have the issue of when do they bring Josh Rosen in. Now, I heard you – Doc talking about it earlier, and I agree with you. At some point, they have to bring Rosen onto the field and see what they have because they have to make a decision if he's going to be the guy moving forward that they want to build on or if they will indeed use another early pick next year to get another quarterback. So they have to get him on the field, and that's when I start to worry about Parker. If he does good with Fitzpatrick, can he keep that up with Rosen? And I'm not sure he can. Let's take a look at the – the draft that we have going on right now, uh, for those that are just joining us, it is Jim Day, a.k.a. Fantasy Taz from FFChamps.com. And we have an industry expert invitational going on right now with some real big names in the industry. So it's a very competitive league, but it's a unique format where we start two yeah. quarterbacks, three running backs, four receivers, two tight ends, and two flexes. Uh, what are your thoughts on the draft so far? Has it gone the way you expected? Have there been any surprises? Obviously, we're both picking on an opposite end, so it makes it a little difficult here. We know we're going to miss out on some runs, and we have to anticipate you're picking number one overall on 12. What are your thoughts on the draft so far? So far, I, I think it's f- fallen pretty much where I expected. Uh, you know, the one thing I noticed about expert drafts that are always different than, I don't want to say the word normal, but, you know, everyday people's drafts is that, Nowadays, it's gotten to the point where experts always try to outduel each other to be the last one to take a quarterback. Um, you know, but we now we're starting two, so it gets a little different now. You know, you want to have three starting quarterbacks on your team just to make it through the season, and so that makes it a little difficult. Um, so it, you know, that throws a little wrench. But even in that, we still found that you know most people were waiting. Now, I don't know about you. You know, like you said, I'm picking first, you're picking 12th. All I know is picking first at one end, actually, I'll say. For me, it's always been my deal. If if I'm picking at an end of a round, either end, I always want to be the one to start the runs. I don't want to be the one that has to chase a run. I want to be the one that jumps out there first, and then everybody has to follow me. Uh, it, you know, by the time they start following me, by the time it gets back to me, it gives me a better chance at the other positions. So I'm always looking to try and start the run. Do you find that you do the same? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I I don't know if I started a quarterback run, but it was the third round, fourth round, and uh, beginning of the fourth round. And I knew, all right, if I don't take a quarterback here, I could be in trouble. So I took Matt Ryan. And then all of a sudden you see the next pick, Russell Wilson. Two picks later, Cam Newton. Then Drew Brees. Two picks later, Carson Wentz. So I knew that that run was going to happen, and there were already some teams on the other end, including yourself, who had one quarterback, and I had a strong inkling some of you guys would take your second quarterback there. So I felt like – so I don't know if I started that run. I felt it was imperative for me to take a quarterback there. If not, I was looking at you know the 16th, 17th quarterback as my QB1, and I didn't want that. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I mean. So um, like you're saying, I, I, 
I had to take Barkley at the number one. Although I, I'll be honest, I, I was seriously thinking about Mahomes or Kelsey there just to throw the whole draft into a tizzy right from the start. But I, I just couldn't pass on Barkley. I just couldn't. Uh, just kind of hard to do. But in his scoring, he's not the top, the highest scoring player in the draft. So you know, it could have been made sense to go the other way. But that being said, I came back at the beginning of the third after taking Mike Evans at the end of the second and took my first quarterback, Andrew Luck. Now, the only quarterback who had been off the board at that point was Mahomes. And I knew if I didn't take my quarterback there at the beginning of the third, at least my number one, like you were just talking about, I would have been looking at quarterback 15, 16, or 17 as my number one quarterback. And I didn't want that. There were, what, four quarterbacks that went in the picks right behind me taking Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson. I know I'm missing some. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. So, you know, a few that came right off the board, and then you took Matt Ryan at the beginning of the fourth. So, you know, I knew I wanted to be ahead of that, and I, I, I love Luck this year. I think Luck has a chance to be the top quarterback. I'm not saying he will be. I have him right now as number two, but I think he absolutely has that shot to be number one. No question. Great offensive line. He showed he was healthy last year. They added some weapons to the offense. No doubt. I definitely like Luck a that lot this year. That team has just been, been making so many great moves the last couple of years. You just got to give them kudos. Not spending their money when they have to. Everybody you know, coming into the preseason, they had the largest cap available. And everybody's like, oh, you guys got to go after Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell because you got all the cap money. And they say, yeah, no, we really don't. But thank you for playing. <laughs> and they, they stuck to their guns. You know, they didn't spend all that money, and that's probably why they had it in the first place. I feel in this format, because we start so many players in the competition, more than likely you're probably going to wind up weak somewhere. You don't want to, obviously, but you probably will. Do you feel like you have an area of weakness right now that you're concerned about, or you feel uh... like you have a well-balanced team? I think I'm doing okay. I, I mean, I, I got my three starting quarterbacks, so I feel good about that. I got three running backs, three wide receivers, and I got two tight ends that I like. So right now I, I think I'm pretty well, you know, balanced. Uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, only have the one tight end. Um, there's, I mean, Liz, what, Loza only has – well, now she's got the two quarterbacks. She took Flacco. But Carson and, and, you know, Wentz and Flacco. I like Wentz, but Flacco scares me. Um, you know, she'll probably have to take his backup here pretty soon uh but there's a couple of teams like mike clay who still only have the two quarterbacks and that could be where it really comes into play well here's the thing if you have the two quarterbacks you have to hope that each of them stays healthy the entire year i mean obviously you have a bye yeah, week exactly. where you get a zero but yeah that's the thing and that's see that's where that's where i was thinking about it where i just took josh rosen and i know he might not start the year it's ryan fitzpatrick probably but we know how fitzpatrick works and yeah. You know, he'll he'll have a few good First weeks. First four he'll, weeks will be great. And then yeah, and forget. then he'll start throwing four picks. And this is a completely different offense than Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay had weapons, you know. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I had to make that decision there. And I went with Rosen thinking he'll get an opportunity. It might backfire. But um, I, I like the tight ends that you, you actually waited. And to get Doyle and Chris Herndon, who I was praying would make it back to me in that round, I knew he wouldn't. But uh, I like that tight end combo if you're going to wait. Yeah, that's a, you know, I, I had these guys in mind right from the get-go, knowing I could wait and get them a little later. Uh, I like both of them. Every You know, everybody's over, 
on Ebron because of the season he had last year. And don't get me wrong, I like Ebron. Ebron will still have a decent year this year because he's still, you know, a big component of the red zone for Luck. Uh, I don't see that changing at all. Luck definitely likes him in the red zone. But, you know, if you look at the numbers when Doyle and Ebron were on the field at the same time, it's not even close. Doyle doubled Ebron's numbers in almost every category, except touchdowns. Um, But every other category, you know, number of plays, number of routes run, number of receptions, all, all, you know, pretty much doubled what Ebron did. So I, I expect a lot out of Doyle this year. Luck trusts him. He's supposed to be on the road to being fully healthy. And I'm looking forward to him having another big year. Yeah, for sure. I had Doyle last year in a league or two, and it was clearly he was the preferred tight end. Ebron got some fortunate touchdowns, wasn't running many routes early on. Uh, But, yeah, Ebron probably going to be overdrafted this year uh, as a consistently see him go as a top seven, top eight tight end. Jim, thanks for the time, and let people know again where they can find you and about the uh, network. Absolutely. Well, you can find me at ffchamps.com. Also on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. And, uh, you know, you follow the Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Again, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, using the hashtag FTFPodNet. FTF Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Adam. Thanks a lot, Jim. Again, Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. We'll be hearing a lot from him. When we return, we'll wrap up and we'll get at some action from the afternoon and lineups for tonight in MLB. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Back here, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon. Make sure you check us out. 
fulltimefantasy.com. Got a plenty of fantasy football content. It is that time to get prepped if you're not ready. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's early. It's going to be here before you know it. You got vacations, and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, I got my draft coming up. So you need to start preparing now. Now is the time to get ready, and we have all the content you need. In-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. Dr. Otto has his training camp questions. And we didn't forget you if you play fantasy baseball. Still have the waiver wire, two-star pitchers. I'll have my stock watch article tomorrow. Uh, I have a look at Hinge and Ryu, and of course, if you have any specific questions catered to your league, your format, we will answer them on the message boards and forums. So check us out, fulltimefantasy.com. If you are serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY, the NFL 365 fantasy football package, only at rotoexperts.com. We have some afternoon baseball the White Sox in the Nationals. This game is now 4-4 in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, if you are an Annabelle Sanchez owner, you're not happy right now because the win was taken away from him. Once again, the Achilles heel for the Nationals this year has been their bullpen, and it has been today so far. Uh, this was a 4-1 game going into the eighth inning. Annabelle Sanchez, with another solid start, actually picked him up in an NFBC auction. You know, he's been terrible this year, but he's been pretty good his last couple of outings. The strikeouts have been there. Like the matchup at home against the White Sox, and he also has a two-start week next week. So he went five and a third, four hits, one run, one walk, seven strikeouts. Got out of a bases-loaded no-out jam in the second inning. Uh, only went 80 pitches uh, for... Um, uh, in this game, and uh, they took him out, but he was in position to win. But Kyle Baraclow gave up a home run and two runs in the eighth inning and his second inning of work, and Suero just came in and gave up a home run. So uh, it was uh, big home runs by Jose Abreu. He had a two-run homer, his 16th of the year off of Baraclow. Suero comes in, and Wellington Castillo goes yard. So rough outing and day for the Nationals bullpen, which has kind of been the story of the year. They just haven't been able to find that bridge to Sean Doolittle. They thought it was going to be Trevor Rosenthal, and he had major issues with command. He's actually in the minor leagues. I think his 30 days is almost up, and they're going to have to decide whether to bring him up or release him. And it's not like he's pitching well down there either. So uh, the Nationals have been probably one of the biggest disappointments in baseball this year. Uh, I picked them to make, win the National League East before the year. They're 27-33. and 33. Uh, I guess I did not realize how awful that bullpen was going to be. Of course, they had some injuries as well. But today, uh, an example of that. Uh, but the game is 4-4 going to the bottom of the eighth inning. Lurie Garcia with two hits. And Yoan Moncada, his 12th home run of the year. Uh, he's batting 283 with a 341 OBP. I had a lot of Moncada last year. Didn't get as much this year. I did want him, uh, but just kind of missed out in some drafts uh, for the Nationals. Uh, big day for Juan Soto, three for four with a run. Now all of a sudden his average is up to 300 and a 402 OBP. Uh, I have Soto in a keeper league that's OBP, so 
Uh, it's been fun to have him. Matt Adams, two for two with two runs. And Kurt Suzuki, two for three with a run and two RBIs. He's hitting 290 this year. Obviously, splitting time there with Jan Gomes, but certainly valuable. Well, even if you have that catcher that is part-time, and if they're going to give you a 290 average, I mean, that is big. We have a lot of catcher situations that are a disaster. So there's some value there for Suzuki as well. Uh, let's take a look at uh, some of the lineups for tonight as uh, we do have some afternoon games, a couple games just uh, started and uh, we'll go over those lineups as well. Uh, in case there's any interesting notes there, the Dodgers and Diamondbacks, Kenta Maeda against John Duplantier, uh, Jock Peterson leads it off playing left field. Max Muncy's a first base inning second, Justin Turner back in the lineup. He sat yesterday. Remember we've been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring. Cody Bellinger's in right field. Corey Seegers at shortstop, Chris Taylor at second base, Alex Verdugo in center field, Will Smith the catcher, and Maeda on the mound batting ninth. For the Diamondbacks, Jared Dyson leads off in center field, Eduardo Escobar is at third base hitting second, Cattell Marte at second base hitting third, David Peralta's in left field hitting cleanup, Christian Walker's at first base hitting fifth, Alex Avila is the catcher hitting sixth, Nick Ahmed at shortstop hitting seventh, Tim LaCastro should get more playing time uh, with Adam Jones out. We'll see. If he goes on the injured list, I would think he would, but we'll see what the MRI says with that hamstring. And Duplantier on the mound, batting ninth. For the Phillies, they are playing San Diego. Jake Arrieta against Cal Quantrill, who was just called up today. Matt Strom placed on the injured list with a rib injury. For the Phillies, uh, Cesar Hernandez, I would think he gets a lot of opportunity to lead off. You know, that's going to be a boost for his value with Andrew McCutcheon out for the year. You know, I think Hernandez, we thought before the year, had a shot to hit lead off. But, you know, it's going to give him more of an opportunity to score some runs. So should help him. We'll see if he stays in that leadoff spot. Bryce Harper second in right field. Gene Segura at shortstop, batting third. Reese Hoskins at first base, cleanup. JT Romito is the catcher, hitting fifth. Jay Bruce, again, should play almost every day. Might sit against some left-handers, but he is someone that could be available on the waiver wire in 12-team leagues. Maybe some 15-team leagues. Maybe someone dropped him recently. Scott Kingry, it looks like he's going to play third base every day. Going forward, Mikel Franco taking a big hit here. He was out of the lineup yesterday. He did pinch it and hit a home run. Out of the lineup today, uh, he got off to a really hot start, but he's been slumping. Adam Hazley, it looks like he's going to get a lot of time in center field. More of an NL-only pickup for me. Uh, most of his numbers in the minors this year came at double-A. And, you know, there is Roman Quinn. Maybe he comes back uh, and gets an opportunity to play. Maybe they make a trade. So uh, something to keep an eye on. And Jake Arrieta on the mound batting ninth. For the Padres, Greg Garcia is at second base leading off. Fernando Reyes with two home runs yesterday. He's only got 31 RBIs with those is it 18 or 19 home runs. Uh, yeah, something like that, but he's shown immense power this year. Just doesn't have the RBIs for it. A lot of solo shots. Manny Machado at shortstop hitting third. Eric Hosmer at first base hitting cleanup. Josh Naylor gets a start in left field hitting fifth. Will Myers in center field hitting sixth. Ty France at third base hitting seventh. Austin Allen is the catcher, hitting eighth, and Quantrill on the mound, batting ninth. Uh, Fernando Tatis, too, had a very good rehab game yesterday. He was one for three with a double, a steal, and two walks. Oh, that was on Monday at double-A, so he's getting close to her return. Uh, so that'll certainly help that lineup and give a boost to those that have Tatis because he was off to a really good start with the power and the speed. Braves are in Pittsburgh. Kevin Gossman against Joe Musgrove. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna leads it off in center field. Dansby Swanson at shortstop hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base hitting third. Josh Donaldson at third base hitting cleanup. Both Donaldson and Freeman went yard yesterday as the uh, Braves stack worked out if you use them in DFS. Nick Markakis in right field hitting fifth. 
Austin Riley with another home run yesterday. This guy's just been unbelievable. You know, we've had a lot of disappointments among the rookies that were called up. You know, Corbin Martin was sent down to the minor league. Keston Hura was sent down. Nate Lowe was sent down. Uh, so we've seen some of these guys disappoint. But the guy who was paid up for the most that big week of fab was Austin Riley. That one has worked out. Nine home runs. He's just been crushing it. Brian McCann's behind the plate hitting seventh. Ozzy Albies at second base hitting eighth, and Kevin Gossman on the mound batting ninth. For the Pirates, Kevin Newman's at shortstop leading off. Brian Reynolds in left field hitting second. Starling Marte in center field batting third. Josh Bell back in the lineup after a day off yesterday. He's hitting cleanup. Colin Moran at third base hitting fifth. Gregory Polanco in right field hitting sixth. Elias Diaz at catcher hitting seventh. Adam Frazier, the second baseman, hitting eighth. And Joe Musgrove on the mound batting ninth. The Yankees... In Toronto to take on the Blue Jays, James Paxton against Trent Thornton. For the Yankees, DJ LeMay, who leads it off playing second base. Luke Voigt's at first base, hitting second. Gary Sanchez, the catcher, hitting third. Kendrys Morales, the DH, hitting cleanup. Uh, it could be a revenge game for him. People who like that narrative. Glaber Torres at shortstop, hitting fifth. Clint Frazier in right field, hitting sixth. Brett Gardner in center field, hitting seventh. Gio Urshula, the third baseman, hitting eighth. And Cameron Mabin in left field, batting ninth. For Toronto, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He leads it off today. He moves up in the order. He's in left field. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the DH, hitting second. Justin Smoke at first base, hitting third. Randall Grichuk in right field, hitting cleanup. Brandon Drury, the third baseman, hitting fifth. Teoscar Hernandez back. He was called up. He's in center field tonight, hitting sixth. Kavon Biggio at second base, hitting seventh. Freddie Gowers, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Danny Jansen behind the plate, batting ninth. The Rays in Detroit. It'll be Charlie Morton against Spencer Turnbull. For the Rays, Austin Meadows leaves it off in left field. Yandy Diaz at third base, hitting second. Brandon Lau in right field, hitting third. Avisail Garcia, the DH, hitting cleanup. G-Man Choi at first base, hitting fifth. Willie Adamas, who homered yesterday, he's at shortstop, hitting sixth. Kevin Kiermeyers in center field, hitting seventh. Mike Zunino, a catcher, hitting eighth. And Christian Arroyo at second base, batting ninth. So once again, Tommy Pham out of the lineup. He missed the weekend. He missed yesterday. So... I'm sure a lot of people probably started him this week. Uh, I know I have him in a draft champions league, and I did start him. And uh, not good, as uh, he's not in the lineup once again, dealing with that cramp uh, in his right leg, I believe. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrum leads it off playing shortstop. Christian Stewart in left field, batting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field, batting third. Miguel Cabrera is the DH hitting cleanup. Brandon Dixon's at first base, hitting fifth. Harold Castro at second base, hitting sixth. John Hicks, the catcher, batting seventh. Duel Lugo at third base, hitting eighth. Jacoby Jones in center field, batting ninth. The Giants are in New York to take on the Mets. Tyler Beattie against Jason Vargas. For the Mets, Robinson Cano has been activated off the injured list. He is in the lineup tonight. Jeff McNeil leads it off playing left field. Pete Alonso, who homered again yesterday. Uh, he has just been one of the best. Best values in fantasy this year. I think I got him in the great fantasy baseball invitation, like round 13, round 14. Kind of wish I had him in more leagues, but he's been tremendous big-time power this year. He's at first base, pinning second. Roberts Cano at second base, hitting third. Michael Conforto in right field, hitting cleanup. Wilson Ramos, who homered yesterday, and he's been hot. He's the catcher, batting fifth. Todd Frazier at third base, hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop, batting seventh. Carlos Gomez in center field, hitting eighth. And on the mound, batting ninth, Jason Vargas. Twins in Cleveland, Martin Perez against Tyler Clippard. It'll be a bullpen game. If you're just joining us, Carlos Carrasco placed on the injury list dealing with a blood condition, so he needs to get some testing done. 
so he'll be out indefinitely. For the Twins, Max Kepler leads it off playing right field. Jorge Polanco is the shortstop hitting second. Nelson Cruz, who was activated off the injured list yesterday, went 0 for 4 in his return. He's the DH batting third. Eddie Rosario with his 18th home run of the year yesterday. He's in left field and he cleaned up. Loved Rosario before the year. Uh, got him in the got him in Tout Wars and FBC auction, but uh, thought he was a nice value and felt like this would be the year that he had 30 home runs. And hopefully he continues on this pace and surpasses that easily. CJ Crone at first base, inning fifth. Marwin Gonzalez at second base, inning sixth. Miguel Sano at third base, batting seven. Jason Castro, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field, batting ninth. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor is the shortstop leading off. And there's some people who got a really good value on Lindor. And you can understand why he fell in drafts. He had the calf injury that hurt his ankle and his rehab. Uh, but he's been really good since he came back. He's even stealing some bases. He had two home runs yesterday. Lindor is definitely... Uh, Fortunate for those that got him at a value. They're feeling really good about it. Oscar Mercado's in center field hitting second. Carlos Santana's at first base hitting third. Jordan Luplo in right field hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez just continues to struggle. He's at third base hitting fifth. Jason Kipnis at second base hitting sixth. Roberto Perez, the catcher, hitting seventh. Jake Bowers in left field hitting eighth. And Tyler Naquin, the DH, batting ninth. The Marlins on fire right now. Putting up a ton of runs yesterday, making the Brewers use Hernan Perez to pitch the final inning. There in Milwaukee, it'll be Sandy Alcantara against Jimmy Nelson making his season debut. He was up and down during his rehab. He was a really good pitcher a couple years ago, so definitely some potential upside there for sure with Jimmy Nelson and would add him in most leagues, especially with pitching being a problem. Uh, Curtis Granderson leads it off in left field. Garrett Cooper, big game yesterday. He's been hot. He's at first base, hitting second. Brian Anderson at third base. Hitting third, Starlin Castro at second base, hitting cleanup. Harold Ramirez in right field, hitting fifth. JT Riddles in center field, hitting sixth. Miguel Rojas at shortstop, hitting seventh. Brian Holiday is the catcher as Jorge Alfaro gets the night off. As Alfaro's been a good catcher this year. And Alcantara hitting ninth for the Marlins. The Rockies are in Chicago to take on the Cubs. Herman Marquez against Hugh Darvish. For the Rockies, Ramel Tapia leads it off in the field. Charlie Blackman about to start a rehab assignment, so maybe be back this weekend. Trevor Stories, the shortstop, hitting second. David Dahls in right field, hitting third. Nolan Arenado at third base, hitting cleanup. Daniel Murphy's at first base, hitting fifth. He homered yesterday. He's been he's been picking it up. You know, I think he was kind of battling the injury a little bit with the finger, but he's really picked it up lately and uh, starting to play more often as well. Was sitting against a lot of lefties for a period. And he still might, but definitely picked it up and uh, getting a right-hander tonight. Ryan McMahon's at second base, hitting sixth. Ian Desmond in center field hitting seventh. Tony Walters, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Herman Marquez on the mound batting ninth. For the Cubs, Kyle Schwarber leads it off in left field. He homered yesterday. He was a good play. He was only 39 on DK, and the wind was blowing out. Chris Bryant at third base hitting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base hitting third. Javier Baez went through a big slump, but a couple home runs over the last couple games, so he's picked it up. He's a shortstop hitting cleanup. Carlos Gonzalez in the lineup once again hitting fifth in right field. Wilson Contreras back in the lineup after a day off yesterday. He's the catcher hitting six. Jason Hayward at center field batting seven. David Bode at second base hitting eighth. And Hugh Darvish on the mound batting ninth. The Orioles are in Texas. It'll be John Means against Mike Miner. Shinsu Chu leads it off as the DH. Delano DeShields gets another start in center field. So I think we thought Danny Santana would get more playing time. But Santana hasn't started the last two games. DeShields has. Elvis Andrews, the shortstop, hitting third. Hunter Pence is in left field, hitting cleanup. 
Nomar Mazzara in right field hitting fifth. Logan Forsythe at second base batting sixth. Estrubal Cabrera is the third baseman hitting seventh. Ronald Guzman at first base hitting eighth. And Jeff Mathis, the catcher, batting ninth. The Red Sox are in Kansas City. Chris Sale against Jacob Junis for the Royals. Whit Merrifield leads it off playing right field. Alberto Mondesi at shortstop hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field hitting third. Jorge Soler is the DH in cleanup. Chester Cuthbert at first base hitting fifth. Gutierrez at third base hitting sixth. Nicky Lopez dropped in the order. He has really slumped. He's at second base hitting seventh. And one of the appeals to Lopez was he was hitting at the top of the order. Uh, this is not good for Lopez. And he's got to obviously start hitting. Or maybe he's not even on the team. Martin Maldonado is the catcher hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field batting ninth. The Reds are in St. Louis. Anthony DiSclefani against Dakota Hudson. For the Reds, Nick Senzel leads it off in center field. Joey Votto at first base hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base hitting third. Derek Dietrich back in the lineup against the righty at second base hitting cleanup. Jesse Winker in left field hitting fifth. Yasiel Puig in right field hitting sixth. Good to see him in the lineup because he ran into the wall last night. He did stay in the game. Jose Iglesias at shortstop hitting seventh. Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, hitting eighth, and Anthony DiSclefani on the mound, batting ninth. Uh, so, big slate tonight. Uh, hopefully, you guys do well. Again, check me out, fulltimefantasy.com, and playffwc.com. We got a draft tonight, so hop in there. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.